Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. you guys are having a great night tonight. I'm excited for tonight just because one, I'm actually excited and not excited because tonight is the last service of the year for us in youth, but I'm excited because we're wrapping up our series titled The Wrap Up. And I'm, this series has been amazing. We've had Robert speak. He was just up here. He spoke the very first week of this series and we took a dive into wrapping up 2020 and how there's positive that comes from this year, and we just need to look at it in that way and highlight that good. And then last week, if you were here with us, we looked at our vision for 2021, what we're going to be doing and what we believe God has in store for us as a ministry as we start this new year. And tonight, we thought, what better way to wrap up the series and wrap up the end of the year than with the Christmas story? You see, yeah, woo, shout out Christmas story. So the Christmas story, and if you're thinking to yourself, well, the Christmas story is about Santa Claus, the Christmas story is about giving gifts and receiving gifts and hanging out with family, that that can be part of the Christmas story, but the true and real reason we celebrate Christmas is because of Jesus. And we're going to take a look at that and look at a few different routes in the Christmas story. And I'm excited for tonight, along with all the other stuff, because after service, we have s'mores and a bonfire and a bunch of other things going on. We'll still have the switch out there. So for the next 20 to 25 minutes, shout out, for the next 20 to 25 minutes, I just need your guys' attention as we wrap the series up, wrap the year up, and then we will head outside, hang out, grab some s'mores. We can skate some more and all that stuff. And it's funny because later on in the message, I'm going to share a story about how I thought I was a skater when I was in junior high and high school and how I ended up destroying my knee because of that. But before we do that, I just want to give you guys a shout out. If you're a first time guest with us today, welcome. My name's Charlie. I'm the pastor here. I've been the pastor here for a little over five years now. I love what I get to do. But here in Av Youth, we say three things before every service just so you can get a heads up of what we're about here. The very first one, if you're a first time guest, the very first one is this. You don't have to believe... There we go. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning you don't have to believe in Jesus to come hang out with us on Wednesday nights, to come get a free pair of vans, to come have s'mores with us after service. But we hope and we pray that after maybe tonight's service or the service in the next year, you will leave here with a relationship with Jesus, knowing that's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. The second thing is we are note-taking groups. You might see some people with notepads or on their phones taking notes. And then the third one, and my favorite one, is we are a talk-back group. So if I'm speaking and somebody says that, (laughs) if someone says preach or someone claps, someone says come on, someone says that's good, they are not making fun of me, but instead they're just agreeing with what God, with what the Bible has to say. So if you hear someone shout in the middle of the message, don't give them the evil eye or the stink eye, but instead just go along with it. So right now, if you're taking notes, what I want you to do is I want you to write down the title of tonight's message. You see, the title of tonight's message is this. It should be up on the screen. If not, I'll just read it for you. But the title is this, God of the From. And you might think, well, that's a weird title. And it is a weird title. And I'm going to explain in tonight's message why I wanted to call this God from, God of the From. 
You see, this morning I got into the office and I went into my, my office and I was sitting there and I was going over the message and I had a completely different title for the message. And I thought to myself after going over, I just felt like God was saying this is the title for tonight, God of the From. And the reason why I believe this title to me is so impactful and it, it spoke to me this morning was because when you look at the idea in this word from, I know this is not an English class, but when you look at this word from, the definition of from is this including the point in space at which a journey, motion, or action starts. I'm going to say that again. The definition of from, including the point in space at which a journey, motion, or action starts. And I think in any moment in our life, when a journey, a moment, or an action starts, God is in the midst of that action. God is in the midst of that starting point. Because you see, there's a God that we serve, there's a God that we worship here in Ave Youth that takes us from one point to another point. And he is in the middle of all of that. And see, tonight we're going to look at two instances in the Christmas story of how God did that. And so tonight, if you can, just bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray and get into this. God, we thank you so much for tonight. God, we thank you for the coffee and the lids that don't fit. But God, we thank you for all that you are doing here. Thank you for everyone that showed up wearing flannel. Shout out to whoever won the pair of vans. But God, I pray right now that you are just going to speak through me. God, let this be your words, none of mine. And we can hang out after service and just have a great rest of our year. God, in your name we pray. And we all said? Amen, amen. Now let me give you guys a question. Have you, ever guys, have you guys ever like gotten news that you weren't expecting or like life threw you a curveball before? You can just raise your hand. I can barely see. But okay, there's a lot of us. We've all been there before. And if you didn't raise your hand, you can just look back at this year. No one expected COVID-19 to come into play and just wreck our whole entire lives. But it did. And you see, for me, there's a moment in my life, and this is where I'm going to get into that skating story, where I thought that I was this professional skater that I thought I was going to be the next big thing. And all my friends skated, and I wanted to fit in with my friends and, and when I was going to middle school and high school. So I bought myself a skateboard, or I should say my parents bought me a skateboard. And I put it all together, and I was so excited. But come to find out, the way God made me as a tall, white, goofy, fat, white man, I was not meant to skate at all, like at all. And even to this day, I'm still tall, fat, and goofy. So it's just like, it, it was not a cup of tea that I should have been doing. And you see, don't clap, uh, but you see, <laughs> it's like, amen. But you see, I, I remember this moment when I was my sophomore year in high school where I was hanging out with my next door neighbor friend and my parents had left the, um, my parents had left out of town, and I had the house to myself. No, I did not throw a party because I already, I know half of you guys were like, oh, parents aren't home, let's throw a party. No. But I invited my friend over. I was like, hey, because I remember I'm, I'm fat. I was like, hey, let's go to Baker's. The Baker's was like right down the street from my house. And I was like, I'll skate. You can use your scooter. We'll get there. We'll grab food. And we'll come back home. And we'll just hang out and watch WWE. I don't know what we watched my sophomore year. Maybe Jersey Shore. And we, <laughs> and we were sitting there. And I just remember hopping on my skateboard. And I'm just kick, push, kick, push, and I'm going, and we're talking, and I'm hanging out, and it's dark time, so I really can't see what's on the floor. <laughs> so I'm skating, and the moment comes where a rock that I did not see that was on the driveway comes out of nowhere. And I remember hitting this rock, 
And as I hit this rock, I just went flying. Like, as a big, goofy white guy, like, I should not fly as far as I did, but I flew. And when I flew, I decided to stick my knee out, or like my leg out, to try and stop myself. Yeah, this group already knows. Like, when I decided to stop and put my leg out there, what ended up happening was my knee went inward. And I hyperextended my knee. And I just remember laying on the floor crying. I was like, ah! And I'm crying and I'm upset and I'm like, dude, this, this can't be happening right now. This was so unexpected. I was like five minutes away from getting french fries at Baker's. Like, this sucks. And I remember using my buddy's uh, scooter and we got myself to the house. And we went to the doctors the next day when my parents came home and they said that I hyperextended my knee and I had certain ligament strains and stuff like that. So they didn't put me in a cast, but they put me in like this big old knee brace and I had to wear crutches. And I will be completely honest with you, Ad Youth. I lied. Because you see, knowing when I went to school and my friends saw me on a pair of crutches, they were going to ask me what happened. And I didn't want to say, oh, I was skating and I hit a rock and I fell and I hyperextended my knee because that's embarrassing. But so what I did was I said I was skating, so it really wasn't a lie. But I said, I was like, ah. I was like jumping off like a four stair. Even though, like, a forest there is not that big, but I thought then it was big. I was, I was jumping off, like, a forest there. And they're like, dude, that's insane. Like, what? That's cool. And, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm doing this right now that I'm lying. But I, I shared this story, and they all believed it. My football coach hated me because it was, like, in the summertime. We were getting ready to go train and all this stuff. And he was like, what did you do this for? But I just, I, I remember that moment thinking to myself, how unexpected was that rock laying there on that floor? That life just decided to throw me a curveball by me hitting this rock, hyperextending my knee, and then I was ended up being out for a good portion of my football career in high school. And it's funny because as I think of that, I think of the story of the Christmas story, of when Jesus came to this earth. And how many unexpected moments came. How many unexpected situations arose in the story of Jesus being born into this earth. And tonight we're going to take a look at two key moments in the Christmas story where we see these unexpected moments. But we're going to see God come into the picture and take it from an unexpected moment to be used for his glory. And I feel like a lot of us here tonight, I just want to encourage you before we even get into the message today. Maybe for you guys, you feel like you are just like unexpected. You're just an unexpected moment. Maybe you feel like your life isn't as grand. Maybe you feel like your life isn't worth anything. But can I tell you something? God wants to take you from those thoughts to a purpose. And all that takes is coming into a relationship with him, which we'll get to at the end of the message. But if you're taking notes, I just want you to write down the very first point as we look into this. You see, the very first point I have for you is from fear to favor. From fear to favor. To favor. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke is one of the Gospels in the New Testament. You see, the Bible is broken up into two sections. We have the Old Testament and we have the New Testament. The Old Testament, is, the best way I describe it is the Old Testament is life before Jesus came to this earth. And the New Testament is life with Jesus on this earth, his death, resurrection, and life onward after that. And you see, as we look at Luke, I believe it's the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the third gospel in the New Testament. We're going to read the story of Jesus' birth. We're going to read the story of Christmas. 
So here we go. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 26. You see, verse 26 says it should be up on the screen. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. I want to pause real quick. And I get it, this might be funny to you, but I needed to say this. I wanted to pause right here because there was something key that was said in one of those verses that I really want to highlight right now for some of us in here that might be believing that the Bible isn't real or Jesus isn't real. Because you see, when it says in the Bible that the angel of Gabriel came to Mary, it didn't just say Mary, but it said the virgin Mary. And the reason why that is so important is because in the Old Testament, there's been so many prophecies, so many prophets, handfuls of them, that said that the Savior of the world, Jesus, would come to us through a virgin. Meaning someone that was holding it, someone that has had not, not had sexual relationships. And that's exactly what's going on. And the craziest part to me, and the one I always go back to, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this verse down, is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, because the prophet Isaiah clearly states that Jesus is going to be born of a virgin. And then the reason why I wanted to share this is because of this. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, said those words that are recorded in the Bible, that's recorded in truth, 700 years before Luke chapter 1. 700 years! To me, that's crazy. I can't even remember what happened yesterday and the fact that this happened 700 years ago, recorded in history, and later comes to pass. You see, the reason why I wanted to share that with you, because I believe that some of us here tonight, we probably think that the Bible is not true. But can I tell you something? If the Bible is not true, how is these prophets, how are these prophecies coming to pass 700 years later? Either the people in the Old Testament, the people that were writing this Bible, are just really good guessers, or they're truly led by the Holy Spirit. They're truly given these words by God. I choose to lean towards the second half. But let's continue reading the Christmas story. Verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, verse 33, last verse of this point. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. It's funny because when I read this story and I look at that first verse, like if someone just popped up into your house, like popped into your room, like how do you react? Like if someone popped up into my apartment and it wasn't my wife, it's like I'm throwing hands on deck. Like they're like, what are you doing in my place? I don't even care. Like you could say you're an angel. I'll say I'll make you see God right now. But, 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 but Mary, as he looks, as she looks at this angel, as she looks at the angel Gabriel, She's like, what's going on? And it says, and it's funny because the angel Gabriel says to Mary in this Christmas story, she, he says, don't be afraid, 
Instead, you have favor. And if I was Mary and I heard those words come from this angel Gabriel, I'd be like, what are you talking about? But it is so true. Because even in the midst of Mary being scared, even in the midst of Mary being confused and not understanding what's happening, she had favor. And I think it's a beautiful testament to what's happened to us in 2020. Because you see, even though we might be afraid this year, even though we might not know what's happening, maybe as we even fast forward into 2021, we don't know what's for us around the corner. We don't know what's to come and we might be scared. We might not be ready for whatever it is to be. Can I tell you something? You have favor still. I believe God's calling us not to live a life in fear, but instead to live a life in faith. Instead of being fearful, we need to be faithful to who Jesus is. And you might think to yourself, Charlie, well, well, you don't really know who I am. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, Charlie, this is my first time here tonight. How do you know I have favor? You see, the reason why I know every single one of us in this room has favor is because of this story we're reading. You see, the story isn't made up. There's historians that truly can, tr can pull out facts that Jesus walked this earth. That this moment right here in Luke was really true. And you see, the reason why we know we have favor is because of this. When Jesus showed up onto this earth 2,000 some odd years ago in Luke, he didn't just stay a baby, even though Ricky Bobby would tell you otherwise. He didn't just stay a baby. Instead, he grew up. He got to about the age 33, and he was sent to a cross to be crucified, to die for your sins and my sins. But the beautiful part about Jesus is he did not stay dead. Instead, he rose three days later, conquered death for you and me. And why we know we have favor is because when he was on that cross, dying for our sins, past, present, and future, he had my name and he had your name on his mind saying, I am doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. So if you ask yourself, how do you know if I have favor? Is Jesus died for you, not even knowing if you'd ever come in relationship with him? That's how we know we have favor. That's how you know you have favor. So you see, guys, God takes us from fear to favor. The second point I want you to write down as we get ready to really wrap up the whole entire talk is this. Point two, from unexpected to hope. From unexpected to hope. Have you, ever, have you guys ever, like, let me rephrase this. You guys ever been, been in a moment when something doesn't go exactly the way you planned? Like, how, how do you react? Like, do you get upset? Like, for me personally, I get frustrated. Oh, I get frustrated. Aubrey, my wife, she knows exactly what I mean. Like, when something comes up, she just, like, already knows, like, she's going to stay five feet away from me, not because she's socially distancing, but she knows what's about to happen next, because I'll just, like, blow up. I get frustrated. Someone just said amen. <laughs> oh, Aubrey. <laughs> Like, I just get frustrated. And it's funny because I remember this point in time when I was 23. I'm 26 now. But I remember this point in time when I was 23, and I led my very first trip, my missions trip, to a third world country, Belize. And some of the leaders in this place today were with us on that trip. You see, what happened was it was my very first year being able to get all the itinerary together, buying all the plane tickets, buying all the food, anything and everything we need through, got thrown on my shoulders. 
And I just remember thinking to myself, man, I can't make anything go wrong. I need to make sure I have everything lined up. All my T's are crossed. All my I's are dotted. Like, I need everything to be perfect. And so far, everything was until we got to LAX. There was something that came that I was not expecting at all that threw me for a loop. You see, when we got into LAX, if you've ever been to LAX, it's horrible. I hate it. Like, I can say I hate it. Like, it's okay. Maybe it's not okay, but don't judge me. But we get to LAX, and we unload everything, and we're checking in, and we're doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, thank God, like, oh, half of us have gone through, and nothing has gone wrong. Until we get to the very last couple, and I can't make this stuff up. We get to the very last couple. There was a 17-year-old student and his mom. They go to scan the 17-year-old student's card, and you would have thought he was like a terrorist. Like, lights started flashing. I'm playing, like, no lights flash. But I was like, what's going on? Like, his screen did light up red, but there was nothing else going on. And I, like, I, I asked the lady at LAX, I was like, hey, 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 fix. Like, what's going on? And she comes over, and, and she says, as blunt as possible, he can't go. I was like, excuse me? And she said, he can't go. And I was like, why? He's like, oh, because he, he's, under seven, he's under 18, and he needs his dad's permission. I'm like, but his mom's right next to him, and it just didn't work out. And I remember feeling like I was a failure, feeling like I had so much anxiety, so much, like, frustration, because it was not going as I planned. And you see, as we get ready to wrap up the Christmas story, we're going to see a moment in Mary's life, the mother of Jesus, that something doesn't go as planned. Something didn't go exactly the way they thought. But the beautiful part is, you see, I, I want this to be an encouragement. When things don't go our way, that does not mean God is not still in the middle of it. Maybe what that means is God is saying, hey, this just isn't for you right now, and you need to go this way. Because you see, that's exactly what God's going to do with Mary. What I want you to do is I just want you to flip over to Luke 2, just the next chapter over. Luke 2, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Luke 2 Verse 1 through 5 says this. At the time the Roman Empire, Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taking when um, Corinth was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had gone to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from village of Nazareth in Galilee. If you're wondering who the heck is Joseph, when did he come up on the scene? Joseph was engaged to Mary, and Mary got the news that she was pregnant. Question, if you were engaged to somebody, you were dating somebody, and they said, hey, you're preg I'm pregnant, would you believe that? Saying, saying it came from, came from the Holy Spirit, it came from God, would you believe them? Man, if I was Joseph, I would have took her to court. Like, I'd be like, we're going on Larry. Like, there ain't no way that this thing came from God. But Joseph got everything he needed. He, he spoke to God. God spoke to him. They stayed together. Now they're in this situation in Luke chapter 2 where they have to uproot from where they're at in Nazareth to go back to, to um, Joseph's home. And you see, the reason why I wanted to stop right here is because I want you to understand that this travel, this uprooting, it wasn't a small task. This uprooting from Nazareth as they get ready to really go to Bethlehem, 
It's an 80-mile travel. I got a question. Have you guys ever come in contact with somebody that's pregnant? And have you ever noticed that when you come in contact with those people that are pregnant, they get very, very easily irritated, and they, they don't want to walk. They say, like, oh, my ankles hurt. Or, I got this. I got this problem. I want to stop at Burger King. Like, I, I, we got it all. So can you imagine Mary being pregnant, wanting to stop at Burger King, and saying, hey, all your stuff that you had planned here in Nazareth, what we need to do is we need to take all that up, and we're going to travel 80 miles. And I want you to understand, they did not have Teslas. They did not have cars. They didn't have anything like that. They walked from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 80 miles as a pregnant lady, carrying the Son of God, carrying the Savior of the world. Talk about unplanned. Talk about unexpected. But what happens next, even in the middle of this unplanned situation, even in the middle of this unexpected situation, what happens next is so beautiful. Let's continue reading. I got two more verses for you. Verse 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. This is how the Savior of the world, this is how Jesus, the person we worship every Wednesday night, came into this world as a human. Now let me give you, let me paint the picture for you as we clean this all up and wrap this all up as we get ready to close out the end of this year. Jesus, it says in Luke that Jesus was born in a manger. Now, if you don't know what a manger is, let me explain you, explain it. Let me explain. A manger is like a trough where horses and cows and cattle, all those things, eat out of. A manger is where we put food for our horses and our cattle. And the Savior of the world gets brought into the world and something that cows eat out of. Talk about being unexpected. Talk about ew. The thing that even blows my mind even more is it says in verse 7, it says that they, there, there was no lodging available for them. Meaning they went almost practically door to door asking, can we be here? Can we be here? And they said there was no room. They said you couldn't come in. Mary carrying the Savior of the world in the middle of this unplanned situation is stuck giving birth and putting, putting Jesus in a manger. Now, I really want you to, to really get this, really picture this. And we're in Norco, so you should know this. You ever been around, like, a horse corral? You ever been around maybe, like, where cows are at? Like, you go up to Chino? Like, it smells absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. Like, me and, me, me and Aubrey, like, we can't leave our window open. We live in Chino. We can't leave our window open in the summer because if we do, it gets hot and we just get poop smell coming straight into our apartment. It smells god-awful. Absolutely horrible. So imagine that smell times 10 and Jesus gets brought into the world with that smell going on. It's dark. They don't know what's really happening. It doesn't smell good. The situation didn't go as planned. The situation isn't exactly what they wanted. And here comes Jesus. And the reason why I wanted to give it so in-depth 
is because when you read this story of how Jesus came into this world, it's really a beautiful picture of how our relationship is when it comes to Jesus. How we were born with Jesus. And I'm not trying to say that you were born in a manger. I don't know where you were born from. I don't know if I want to know. But the reason why I wanted to share that is because, you see, when Jesus came into this world, he came into this world in an unexpected moment. He came into this world with stench, with poop all around it, in a manger where cows and horses eat out of. And you see, when Jesus comes and enters into your life, in my life, when we accept him in, what ends up happening is he enters into our life. We enter into a relationship with him in the middle of our crap, in the middle of our stench, in the middle of our pain. But yet he still enters into a relationship with us. And it's such a beautiful picture in Luke 2 of what kind of relationship we can have with Jesus. Because you see, it, it, the Bible doesn't say if we want to have a relationship with Jesus, we need to clean our lives up and then come to him. The Bible doesn't say that you need to get your life on track. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop doing drugs. You need to stop hanging out with those certain group of people because you know they're not going to do anything good for you. It doesn't say you need to stop doing that before having a relationship with Jesus. You see, when we come into a relationship with Jesus, what ends up happening is once we cultivate that relationship, we will see how we don't really want to do those things anymore. When we're in the middle of our pain and we go through and we end up into a relationship with Jesus, what ends up happening is we don't have to go through the pain. We don't have to go through the suffering anymore alone because we have Jesus on our side, but only when we accept him into our life. Because you see, before Jesus, what ends up happening is we walk in darkness. We walk in hurt. We walk in pain. But you see, Jesus doesn't want to leave us in that. You see, Jesus wants to take us from our hurt and from our pain to hope and to purpose. See, there's a verse I want to leave you with tonight. Last verse of the night, last verse of the whole entire year. And it's John chapter 12, verse 46. Can we put it up on the screen? John chapter 12, verse 46 it says this. I, Jesus, have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. You see, church, you see, Av Youth, Jesus gets it. Jesus knows what we're going through. Jesus knows that we are living in a dark world. Jesus knows we are living in pain. We are living in suffering. And that's exactly why he came down into this earth, so we don't have to do it alone. He says, I am the light of the world. When you accept me, you don't have to go through the darkness anymore. And I can sit here and I can repeat this and repeat this and repeat this. I can sit here and read verses and verses and verses. But I know some of us here, we're just thinking, man, I can't wait till we get to s'mores. Man, man, I, this, this Bible, it still doesn't even ring true to me, so I can't really take what you're saying. If you can't take what this says, let me share this with you. I share my testimony often, but I thought I'd save it for the end of the year. A lot of you guys know me, a lot of you guys don't. But you see, as a kid growing up, I never went to church. Never did the church thing. The only time I went to church was when my friends said, hey, we're going to go to church, you get a Slurpee afterwards. I was like, bet. So I went. It was an all-Spanish church. I'm the whitest kid in that room. It was awkward. But I didn't want to go to church. 
See, when my senior year came around, when I was in high school, I went to high school in Riverside at a school called Ramona. All I wanted to do after football was party. All I wanted to do after football was drink, was to do drugs. And that's exactly what I did. I chased around girls because I thought that's what the world wanted me to do. But little did I know, all I was doing was living in darkness. All I was doing was causing eternal pain. And you see, it wasn't until a friend of mine came to me and said, hey, Charlie, come to church. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that doesn't sound fun. I don't know how, but I got suckered into coming. They said, we'll drive. There's going to be pizza. I was like, bet. So I showed up. I showed up here at this church to hear this pastor speak. And he was sitting there. He was talking. He was burping on the mic. It was awkward and weird. He had sandals on. I was like, this is disgusting. You're in Norco. And he was talking, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but like, there was something coming over me. There was something that was happening internal, but I, I, I pushed it off. Because I didn't want to accept the fact that Jesus was real. I didn't want to accept the fact that church was where God wanted me that night. And I pushed it off. I continued partying. I continued drinking. But it was weird because I still wanted to keep coming. I still wanted to keep showing up on Wednesday nights. And I did. I partied on Friday and Saturday, and I showed up to church on Wednesday. And I did that for months. Did it for months until I had this conversation with God where he said, are you going to stop doing this and start taking this relationship with me seriously? And you see, I believe tonight there's some of us here where God is saying that directly to you. He's saying, are you going to stop and start taking this relationship with me seriously? Are you going to stop doing what you're doing and take this serious? And maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking to yourself, Charlie, man, you don't know my past. There's no way I can enter into a relationship with Jesus. There's no way Jesus can forgive the sins that I have done. Guys, can I tell you something? I grew up in Riverside. I, I saw the gang life. I saw friends get shot at. I saw friends get shot seven times at parties. You want to talk about having a horrible past. I didn't have a horrible past, but I saw it. I was around it. And if God can take me, just a kid from Riverside, out of Riverside, and put me into the position that I'm in now, he can do the same thing with you. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. What it matters is how God is going to take you from your past and into the future he has destined for you. And he wants to do that, guys. But it comes down to this, accepting him. Because this story is true. He came to this earth. That's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. But 33 years later, as a 33-year-old man, he died on that cross for you and me. He covered our sins with his blood. And the beautiful part is this. He did not stay dead, but instead he rose three days later to give us a way, to give us an avenue to heaven. So right now, I'd love to pray for you. If you can, please bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now. Jesus, I pray right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. That God, maybe right now this word, maybe the word that you spoke tonight, it's speaking to somebody here today. 
God, I pray right now that everyone here today understands that you are a God of the from, where you can take us from our hurt, you can take us from our past and give us a future. That you can take us from the darkness and bring us to light. And God, I pray that right now. God, I pray right now for those that have this tugging on their heart, that they, they feel something going on eternally and they don't know what it is. It's your Holy Spirit, God. But God, I pray right now for those in this room that don't have a relationship with you. That God, tonight's their night. The last service of 2020 is their night to come into a relationship with you. And God, I pray right now for those here that might have walked away from the faith, that might have walked away from Jesus, but they're back here tonight. That Jesus, tonight's their night to come back. Tonight's their night to rededicate their life, accepting you as their Lord, accepting you as your Savior. So God, I pray right now with every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you're here tonight and you want to accept Jesus into your life for the very first time, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. But also if you're here tonight and you want to rededicate your life, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three as well. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's speaking to you right now, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, nobody's looking. Two, this is a moment between you and Jesus. Three, if that's you tonight, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus, you see all the hands raised in the room tonight. You see all the hands raised in the room tonight. You guys can put your hands down. Let me pray for you. Jesus, you saw all, all the hands raised in the room tonight. Jesus, I pray right now that you're going to speak to them, that Jesus, let your Holy Spirit move through them, that Jesus, that you said, no, 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 look it, you were walking in darkness, but I'm taking you from darkness and I'm bringing you to light, and it's starting tonight. Jesus, I pray right now, Jesus, I pray right now that this is going to be a night that they will remember for the rest of of their lives. That Jesus, tonight's the night they said, you know what, I'm dedicating my life. You know what, I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. So Jesus, we give you the glory. Jesus, we give you the honor for everyone that decided to accept you, for everyone that decided to put their faith in you. And Jesus, I pray tonight for those that raise their hand, that they will come and talk to a leader after service. Jesus, that they will have the courage to come up and say, what's next? What's next? So Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And it's in your name we pray and we all said, amen. amen.